0: hi there welcome to the fearless lady podcast i am your host the fearless lady charlene light When I turned 40, I decided to create a really fun challenge for myself by stepping into my fears 40 different ways. I tackled fears around aging, going after my dreams, and even finding true love. This podcast is about that journey and how it transformed my life and how you can start looking at your fear as an invitation to step into your worth, invite more freedom, joy, and fun back into your life. Life can be an adventure. Live the life of your dreams. Well, hello everyone. Welcome back to another episode of the Fearless Lady Podcast. I am so happy that you're here. I hope that you are doing well and that you're healthy. Um, It has been, I mean, like, it's unbelievable how much has changed in two weeks since the last time I recorded um, a podcast episode. So I am sure if you're listening, you are... Digesting everything that's going on right now. I mean, it's interesting because on one hand. Well, let's just get right into it We're talking I'm talking about the black lives matter movement I'm talking about the video that went viral of George Floyd I'm talking about what happened to Breonna Taylor and I'm talking about Ahmaud Aubrey, right three very distinct black people that were basically murdered you know, all three of them. Um, one due to police brutality, one due to a careless mistake by police. And then um, Ahmaud Aubrey, you know, just pretty much just got shot and killed because he was racially profiled. And nothing happened to the people that shot him um, until it became viral and until um, enough people started to uh, really put the pressure on the police department and then they went and arrested them. And you know, this isn't new. I remember I don't know, 4 or 5 years ago when it when the Black Lives Matter movement really took place because of you know what happened to Trayvon, Trayvon Martin um, and you know I was in New York in the time and these things just keep happening black lives and especially black men seem to be getting killed over and over and over again the incessant injustice of what's happening to black lives um, has been overwhelming over overwhelming and and I think that it took a moment like now, which is where we're all in quarantine and we have nothing to do but sit and watch our television and sit and look at our phones, I think it took this moment in particular for us to wake up, for white people to truly wake up and say, enough, and this has to stop. So when the story first broke two weeks ago, I I did what everybody was doing, um, or all of my white. Um non-black and non-people of color were doing, which was I was following all different kinds of social media influencers, black voices. I really um, wanted to immerse myself and educate myself on, because I don't think, and and I, I can probably speak for most of my race. <laughs> I don't think if you're a good person, and you're walking around and you're you're you think you're not a racist. I mean, I definitely don't think I'm a racist, right? I don't think um I I never talked about race in my classes. I never talked about it um really to anybody. If the issue of race would come up, I was always really aware of, you know, who was speaking and I would get really uncomfortable and almost freeze almost like, especially if somebody's comments were racist, I wouldn't say anything. I was just like kind of in my head clocking it like, Oh God, you know? Um, but I was usually quiet about it. I didn't want to get into an argument. Um, I just thought, okay, that's their opinion. And I would just move on. And I would go about my life. So I didn't realize being silent was actually contributing to the idea of white supremacy and was really um, accentuating my white privilege because I don't have to talk about the race. I don't have to talk about my skin color because I have a lot of privilege. And so when this all broke two weeks ago, it was like, whoa, you mean I, me not saying something is contributing to um racism so that was like the first wake-up call for me and I think like so many of my friends and so that's why I was just like oh my god I need to I want to change I want to I want to say something so I put out a post about it and I started to download books and um I joined I'm actually joining or I've already had two sessions, a virtual book club with other of my white friends, and we're all reading this book called Mindful of Race. I downloaded How to Be an Anti-Racist. I downloaded Me and My White Supremacy, and I'm just really trying to educate myself as much as I can on on how much privilege I have and what I can do with it that's positive, that can change and flip this idea that it's not, I don't want. Black lives to, I don't want people to be killing black lives. I don't want what's going on in our system to keep happening. And if there's a way that I can change it, then I'm going to do everything in my power to change it. And I, I think that, I think that's why this time is a really beautiful time because so many of us are really being woken up to how much we're involved in this system of keeping everything the way that it is and and in fact it's this is how the system was initially created to keep certain people down which is the black community people of color and to keep white privilege white supremacy alive and i didn't know that you know that's not something that they taught us in school that's not something that we ever talked about um so this has been a huge huge eye-opener um, not just for me, but for the world really and then to see all of these incredible protests happening all over the world and Continually happening. I went to the very first one. So there was one on the first Saturday after the news broke um, With George Floyd's video that was really the thing that set us all off because that was just like you're a witnessing You are witnessing a murder and I think it just was like enough like everybody was just like this cannot happen this has to stop and what can i do about it so the first thing i did was i went to the protest here in los angeles and i have to say that i i definitely was a little you know mindful of not getting inside the the whole um protest because i was by myself and because we're going through this pandemic and i wanted to be careful but when i was there i was very very conscious and and very pleased to see everybody wearing masks and people were peaceful. And it wasn't until later that evening when the, you know, the riots and the the looting and all of those things started to happen. And, um, I was watching it on the news and then there was, you know, curfews where we weren't allowed to leave or go anywhere after 6 PM. I mean, it was crazy. It was crazy. I, I've never lived during a time like this. But as, you know, the the following week, which is like this week, as this week started to unfold, I started to get really um, hopeful again in that it's... I'm really seeing such a, a huge difference in in even what, you know, the late night talk shows are talking about and bringing so many powerful black voices to the forefront and people on social media sharing, you know, white women sharing their platforms and amplifying black voices. And it just feels like we're really in a, a positive momentum, at least, you know, I'm I'm a hopeful person. I am an optimist. So I'm always going to you know, raise my hand and my fist and say that, yes, we can do this. We can make a change. This can be a moment for us, you know, and not just a moment, but a movement. Like let's create this revolution where this stops happening. Let's make real positive, long lasting change. You know, I will always be, um, somebody that's going to believe that, you know, and, and I think that's that's part of my DNA. That's what makes me who I am. That's why my last name is light, you know, because I will always, I will always find the light and I, I'm, I am hopeful and I'm doing as much as I possibly can. You know, I even joined inside LA, which is a Buddhist center, um, here in Los Angeles. They had a virtual event, um, on how to be an anti-racist and there were 300 people in this zoom call. I mean, it was so incredible. And even they said, you know, we've held these in the past and sometimes we've had to cancel them because we didn't have enough people signed up. So the fact that 300 people signed up right now and that, you know, the bestseller, um, on the bestseller book list right now are how to be an anti-racist and um, white fragility and all of these books on teaching white people, um, about their privilege and what we can do about it and how we can change it. Um, it, To me, that's really hopeful. And, and I, I just, it isn't just a, you know, two week thing. And then I'm going to go back to, you know, original programming or something. This is a life, this is my life's work now. I am so committed because, you know, it starts and everybody says this, it starts with our personal relationships and the people that we're close to and, for me i i have a lot of different opinions in my family and certain people and i want to be able to sit across from people that have a completely different opinion about this than me and be able to hold space for them and to be able to also articulate my point of view in a way that they maybe can understand or find compassion and that's when real change will happen it's not about yelling at people you know telling them you're wrong because they're doing the same thing to me it's about coming from a place of wanting to understand the other person wanting to understand their point of view and this is true in everything you know this is true in everything we're not going to we're not going to change anybody's mind if we come at it from an angle that you're wrong, and even though we may believe that, there has to be space for understanding where this person is coming from, understanding how they got their view, and then we can implement implement real change by really um, starting with educating. Um, from a very young age, you know, in grade school, in junior high, talking about race, talking about privilege, what that looks like, what that feels like. Um, you know, really the whole idea of defunding. I mean, I know I'm going on a whole soapbox right now, but it's just, you know, you're listening to this, and part of being fearless is really speaking my mind and sharing my point of view. So, I do think that this is really important and I think that if we can really create lasting change We have to start talking about these issues and we have to start talking about them with children And in our families for me, it's about being a compassionate human being and Coming from a space of wanting to learn and wanting to understand other people's point of view so that I can Hopefully be the catalyst to change um Because again, I don't think we're getting anywhere by just pointing fingers, you know. And so that's, that's my, that's my, it's not even two cents. That's my freaking hundred dollar bill on this whole topic. Um, So I would love to hear your, your opinion about it. So yeah, let's, let's go ahead and switch gears into my fearless journey right now. This is day 23. Try on wedding dresses, even though I'm single. I just have to preface by saying I had written this down as one of the things that I wanted to do, but I didn't know at what point I was going to do it. I didn't know if... Like, I remember Google searching, you know, wedding dress single. Like, I wanted to see if other people had done this before. And what I had what I had gotten was a lot of women... Um, who did do this ended up lying about you know why they were there they were saying they were getting married um and that's how they got in and that's how they tried the dress on and then what, yada 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 but my thing was like I don't want to lie I really was very clear on I want to be able to walk into a bridal store and just say I want to try on a wedding dress like why is that only reserved for people that are getting married, you know. Um so this is what happened. So there was a David's Bridal, I'll never I mean it's still there probably, over in the 20s on 6th Avenue in, in Manhattan, and I remember passing passing by it. And uh, I thought, you know, I'm just going to walk in. So I had a huge fear, obviously, that somebody was going to ask me, what am I doing there? I don't have an appointment. I'm by myself. You know, these are three indicators that I am clearly not getting married, but I still want to try on a wedding dress, right? But I was like, all right, I'm just going to walk in and see what happens. So I opened the door and right away, I felt my entire body start to clam up. Like I was really nervous. And then I'm like, all right, I'm just going to kind of browse... And not say anything i had I saw that there was a woman at the front who was like taking appointments and things like that, but I just kind of ignored her, walked around her, and just started to kind of browse and I was looking through different dresses, seeing how much they were yada 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 and i 'm sure you know because really we 're all energy right all of us are energy, and i 'm sure you can pick up and sense that my energy was. Like nobody look at me. I, I wanted to be invisible. I didn't want anyone to come up to me and ask me, you know, if I needed help. I just wanted to be able to do this on my own. So I was like trying to hide, you know, and it occurred to me as I was looking through the dresses and I was like, you know, do I even want to wear white? Like it had never occurred to me that I, You know, I had always had this fantasy of the day that I get married and it was going to be in a white dress. And, you know, like when you're young, you even picture who's going to be your bridesmaids and how many of them, you know, all of those things. And as a 40-year-old woman, I'm walking around and I'm going, wait a second, I don't even know if this fantasy really fits me now. You know, so that was like the first time that I ever thought about who what kind of a bride do I want to be now as an adult as a 40 year old woman knowing myself in such a different way knowing that I've let go of so much of the the conventional life you know the the full-time office job the 401k plan you know living in this fancy apartment like all of those things I had really given all of those up and I was really following my voice you know and so that was the first time I really heard my voice go you know what do you even want to wear white you know like maybe you want to wear a pantsuit maybe you want to get married you know in a bath towel (laughs) like who says that it has to be an actual wedding gown like that's so old-fashioned are you old-fashioned is that you anymore and anyways um So I'm having all of these thoughts and then somebody comes up to me and was like, excuse me, can I help you? And I was like, oh, no, I'm just kind of browsing. Or I think they asked if I had an appointment and I said no. And then they're like, okay, well, let us know if you need help or whatever. And then I just kind of turned around and I actually exited and I, and I felt like, okay, that was a really good step. Like I felt good about myself. I was like, I did the thing that I really wanted to do, sort of, you know, I had this epiphany about whether or not I wanted to try a wedding dress. <laughs> and then I let it go. So I thought, I actually wasn't going to post about it because I didn't go through with it, number one. And number two, I didn't think, well, the outcome wasn't that revolutionary. This is what I thought in my head. So I'm just not gonna even post about it. It, It'll just be one of those that I don't talk about, you know? And then I was at a 4th of July party and I was talking to my friend and I told her what I did. And she was like, you know what? You should actually write about it. And I thought, really? She's like, yeah. And I was like, huh. So I thought about it, and then I was like, all right, maybe I will write about it. So I did. And I have to say, I wrote about it, and then I quickly escaped into a movie theater um, because I didn't want to be – I was afraid. I was afraid to admit that I did this. I was afraid – of sharing that I'm single and that I want to get married and that I I didn't know how that would be taken and I didn't know if I could handle anything but positive remarks, you know? Like I didn't know I didn't know what people were going to say. This was the first time that I was really vulnerable in my posts and on Facebook, really on social media at all cuz I Like I said, this whole journey was, you know, I was very careful about what I posted, what I didn't, what I said. But I never, this, being single at 40 and wanting to find um, a man, wanting to fall in love, all of those things, I was so scared to admit it. And because I was so ashamed. I was so ashamed that I was 40 and I didn't have anybody in my life. And I was ashamed that, you know, I wanted to try on a wedding dress, all of those things. So I'm going to read you what I wrote, and then I'll tell you what happened. So day 23, I want to try on a wedding dress. I had this one written down. I want to try on a wedding dress. I want to feel what it's like to see my reflection as a bride-to-be. But every time I went past a bridal shop, I chickened out. I was afraid. Getting married and having a family is something that I really want, and I don't have it yet. And I knew if I went through a process of trying this role out, I would be confronted with some emotional stuff that I may not be ready to share. I feared it would emphasize that big fat elephant in the room. You're not getting married. Who are you to be trying wedding dresses? But this experience is teaching me that I am someone who steps up to fear and says, excuse me, thank you for guarding that door, but I'm going in anyway. So last week, I walked into a bridal store and headed straight for the big white dresses. As I browsed the aisles, I was inundated with thoughts. This doesn't feel like me. Why do I need to be in white anyway? Do I really want to be in a traditional gown? I realized the little girl in me and the woman I am were meeting for the first time, and we didn't agree. The fantasy that I had garnered was for the 20-something girl that I no longer was. It was for the girl that didn't take the risks that I took, who didn't travel and explore places on her own, and who wasn't comfortable in the unknown. I realized at that moment the fantasy of my wedding gown was attached to a very outdated version of myself. And all the time I kept this fantasy alive in my head, I never ever imagined that I would feel differently. Because the truth is, I am not traditional. I am comfortable being on my own and happy living a life I continually co-create and love. And the other truth is, I do sometimes feel sad about not having that traditional marriage and family life that I want. And I'm finally okay with that. It's what makes me a beautiful, vulnerable, real 40-year-old woman. I never did try on a wedding dress, but I made peace with that little girl and I assured her I can take over now. And when the moment is revealed, I'll choose what's fitting for me. I think I was more scared to hear or receive the comments on social media than I was actually going through the the store, you know, if you can believe. But it's because I put it out there for the first time that I wanna get married and I wanna have a family and even though I come across as somebody who's, you know, happy and I am happy in my life, I still do feel sad sometimes, you know, and that's okay. And I think there's this misconception in life that you have to be happy all the time that you're not that you're not allowed to express your vulnerability that you're not allowed to show the world when you're going through something difficult or when you're having moments where you feel like you're not hopeful you know you're not so um positive and that was the first time i did that and i have to say the response was incredible it was so validating to read over and over and over again how many people i i guess what i'm trying I, I felt validated for being myself i felt validated for telling my truth i felt validated for just being me and Instead of a facade. And it's not that I was trying to put up a facade. But these aren't things that you would normally share on your social media. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? Um, Because if you don't have a family and you don't have a husband, I mean, what are you sharing? You're sharing about your life and you're sharing about all the positive, fun things that you're doing, which I was doing. So this was a very special, real, vulnerable post about these are the things that you don't see. These are the things that I'm thinking about when I, you know, hear or read about somebody, you know, getting married or having another child. It's not that I don't love and and um want the best for all that beautiful um it's not that I am sending any bad vibes to everybody out there who's falling in love. I think it's beautiful, but there are still times that it is hard. There's just this overwhelming like consensus in the world that single people should be pitied (laughs) or that single like oh you know or or the minute you say yes i want a relationship um it's what are you doing about it and then everybody is all up in this like well, you've got to do this and you've got to do that and they have all these opinions and it's so hard because what if you don't want to do that (laughs) I mean, what if you just want to have faith that the universe will co-create and will bring you somebody that um, is the right fit, you know, before there was ever internet dating, people used to just meet people naturally, you know, there's nothing wrong with going about that in that way, and so I think, and also, you know, there's this desperation around people that are single and want to get married or want to find somebody, and I never felt desperate you know, and I never wanted to, um, feed into that desperation. Um, so I think there was a part of me that was always really trying to portray that I'm happy in my, you know, what I'm doing and I am, and those are things that are very true, but It's okay to have moments where you're going to be sad, not even moments, but like evenings, you know, weekends, whatever, where you're going to feel like, God, you know, I, I would love to meet somebody and I wonder why. And really some days I'm like, God damn it, I don't give a shit anymore. (laughs) I just want to live my life and trust that it's all going to work out. And the majority of the time I, I do think that way and but because I'm a spiritual person, and so I'm always sort of working on myself in that way. And then sometimes I have to really tell myself, like, it's okay. You can turn it off. Like, just turn it off and go have fun or <laughs> turn it off and go do something else. Because um, you can get a little, I get a little bit um, down this whole... You know, woe is me, or not even woe is me, but I get down to like, well, what am I doing? What am I doing to prevent the thing that I want in my life? You know, because clearly I'm blocking it. How am I blocking it? You know, what are the ways? Let me give me all the you know meditations. Give me all the courses. You know, those are the things that I'm doing. So I am going to end this episode on that note. And I just want to ask you, what would be your fearless act around something that you're feeling extremely vulnerable about? So whether you're in a relationship or not in a relationship or, you know, where are you hard on yourself and what can you do that would tap into the vulnerability To kind of flip it from, you know, woe is me to what is this part of me that is feeling shameful or feeling down and what can I do that would help me kind of step into it with love and compassion and curiosity. Behind the vulnerability, behind the fear is a truth. It's a part of your subconscious that wants to get out. It wants you to heal and that's exactly what happened to me when I took that step, and not only that, but it released the shame and the stigma around being single, and it felt so empowering to just speak my truth. Have a beautiful rest of your week, and I will leave you with an acoustic version of my song, Feels Like Love. Take care.